This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, the podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding members Joe Coughlin and Martin Carlino as we have a jam-packed episode of the Varsity for you guys. Got a lot of hoops to talk about and we'll even talk about football here. But um, before we uh, get started, as always, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Android, wherever have you, make sure you look us up, give us a nice little review. Um, we appreciate that. The more we get that, the more uh, listens we get and more uh, we're publicized to other listeners. So we appreciate uh, everyone who listens to our episodes here. We're going to do a four quarter format here as we're sticking kind of to normalcy now as we've kind of getting get it kind of got into a rhythm here um, with sports going on. In the first quarter, we're going to give a recap of just what's been happening in the local uh, basketball scene here for all of our area teams. In the second quarter, we'll be joined by Loyola Academy boys basketball senior Jalen Axenball. Um, talk to him after a big senior night win for the Ramblers. In the third quarter, we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game where I pit Joe and Marty against each other and try to get to argue for a couple minutes. And in the fourth quarter, we have football schedules out, so we're obviously going to talk about that what it means for the upcoming year, how possible it is we think it's all going to happen and all that kind of stuff. So as you guys can see, we got a lot to talk about. So why don't we just get things started here and talk about our local high school basketball scene where uh, had a pretty good week uh, for our area teams. Um, why don't we start off with uh, the Loyola girls basketball team who um, got a couple uh, good wins, uh, but also suffered their First uh, loss of the season, um, kind of good start to the year, obviously 10 and one start, but um, unfortunately the Rambers did lose to St. Viator 56 to 53, uh, a close game in a non-conference matchup on Tuesday, February the 23rd. Um, so this past Tuesday, but um, Loyola is still uh, able to kind of keep things going with wins against uh, Carmel um, really kind of, looking impressive guys kind of just the team that we've kind of expected um all year and obviously an impressive win for St. Byer to be able to take down the Ramblers um in a tight game on uh, Tuesday yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird to uh to talk about a loss given how uh how great they started out the season but you mentioned there you mentioned it there Michael a nice another um consecutive stretch of wins with one loss paired in there um We'll have some some more discussion on this later, but could this possibly maybe be their only loss of the season? I'm going to call that a tease. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But uh, first loss of the season, you know, given the circumstances of, of how many games they're playing and the, the quality of competition they're facing, I, I think uh, mixing in a loss uh, every now and then isn't, isn't the end of the world for that team. Obviously still a, a tremendously talented uh, group over there. 
Yeah, and, and Viders losing to Viders, no, um, no blemish to your resume. They're a good team. Um, it looks. I was just checking out their schedule. Looks like they got, you know, four wins. They're four and one. They did lose to Nazareth, another quality team, but they, you know, they squeaked by Carmel, who Loyola took care of this week. So I think they're pretty much pretty pretty equal um, opponents. It looks like uh, St. Viter had a week break too. Um, so. It is what it is. I think you're going to lose when you're playing that many games in such a tight span. But, you know, good news for Loyola. As we saw, they got they had a transfer for Montini. A lot of players transferred off of the Montini team from last year that finished third in the state, went to other schools in that area. But one, Angelina Giordano, came up north to Loyola. Um, her and uh, I believe her sister, who's younger, um, and um, Angelina got the okay to play. She had to get it approved through IHSA, finally did. So she got a couple games in this week, was in in the win over um, Carmel and the, the loss to St. Ryder. So I, I saw um, Giordano play. I'm, I'm from that area out in Montini, um, Lombard. Um, so I saw her play a little bit last year. She was in the starting five, which is a dynamic starting five. She's really good. Um, she's a lefty. She's a ball handler. She's a feisty defender um, and she can shoot it. And that gives them another shooter. Um, Naya Moore is a shooter and Sil, Sil can shoot and uh, so can area debut a little, but uh, this, this just gives them another weapon in the arsenal. You know what I mean? So they're loyal is going to be a good team. Yeah, definitely. And like Marty mentioned, we'll tease a little bit talking about them in way and no way, but why don't we move over now to the girls of new Trier where uh, they really had an impressive uh, start to the season as well. Uh, they've taken care of business against GBN, GBS, uh, GBS again. They've also been in Highland Park um, and uh, Glenbrook North again and only have a loss to uh, Hersey, but we really won't hold that loss against uh, Hersey because I, I think we'd all agree where the Huskies are probably one of the best uh, teams in the state right now. So um, Nutria really uh, playing really well right now. Um, really showing off the talent that they have after us after a delayed start to the year. Yeah, yeah we, we might be we might be looking at the new uh, the new Main West with Hersey over there with some of the uh, some of their talent they're putting together and and uh, some of the scores they're putting up this season and, and point differentials. But uh, it's uh, it's really wild considering that uh, Nutria girls already at nine games. Two episodes ago, we were talking about how they were um, in, in the midst of a of a layoff and a pause because of some uh, some COVID-19 issues but they're starting to really rack up the uh, the games and the subsequent wins from those games so um, seven and two as we're recording this really nice start uh, uh, losses to Libertyville and uh, Hersey two really really strong caliber teams so um, gonna tease it for a second time we'll have uh, some little bit more discussion about their uh, their prospects in in conference uh, as we move to way no way yeah, and it looks like they're they're figuring it out on both ends of the floor too. Um, opening up with Libertyville is is no easy task. That's that's one of the perennial powers in the area, and then um, getting a couple wins and going to Hersey, which who's just been steamrolling everybody, like you said. Um, but they're figuring it out. It looks they got a balanced offense. Um, and you live Becker, Aiden Casey, um, they all um, they all get their, their buckets um, and nobody seems to overshadow the other too much. So, and their defensive effort, they hold teams down except for Hersey. But so um, yeah, it seems like they're going to be a well-rounded, pretty good team in the CSL. The Nutria boys got back into uh, playing after a 10 day pause due to uh, COVID-19 um, 
they started the season against uh, one of the better teams in the area against GBS to kind of get back into things on Saturday. Um, they were able to uh, hold on with the Titans for much of the game until, um, I mean, until the fourth quarter where uh, the Trevians unfortunately lost 60 to 53 um, against the Titans in a close game. Obviously, GBS, one of the better teams in the area. Um, so a good showing, a good way to kind of get back into basketball shape, having to play against GBS. But uh, Nutria responded well with uh, taking down Maine East Highland Park and a GBN in the three days that kind of followed it. As um, guys, obviously not uh, you obviously um, want to win every game, but uh, being able to show off against GBS a little bit after a ten day layoff and then winning three games after that, um, a really good uh, way to kind of get back into it for Nutria boys. We talked about last week as sort of the uh, the return against GBS for Nutria as a bit of a measuring stick game. And I think, I mean, I was, I was really surprised how well they played and how well they performed given that, that layoff against the caliber of team um, that GBS is at GBS as well on the road. That is. So um, I thought it was an incredibly impressive showing. And if I'm not mistaken, I think at one point in the fourth, they either had the lead or the game was tied. So, you know, the game was within striking district distance and they were right there. And um, that's the, that's the most we've seen GBS challenged so far this season. I think prior to that Nutria game, they hadn't been, nobody had been within 10 points of them. No one had kept the score um, closer than a 10 point margin of defeat. So for Nutria to, to have it as a, as a one or two possession game right down till the end shows the uh, potential and capability of that roster. And um, Joe's had a chance to cover them and, and he's um, seen a lot from them that they they're able to play different styles of basketball good transition team okay in the half court as well um good defensively good rebounder good rebounding team so um i believe the second game against gbs got got rescheduled or postponed but i'd love to see a, another chance uh, for them to match up with gbs in a in bit of, in a bit of a more uh a normal for lack of a better term um schedule where they where they where it is in their first game back in a couple weeks I was about to say the same thing, Marty. I want to see this rematch because I think they're going to go toe to toe again. And they seem like pretty comparable teams that, uh, but play different styles. I think, um, you know, GBS has the stud Martinelli um, with some supporting cast and Nutria seems to be well-rounded with, with a developing sophomore, Jake Fegan, who's, who's led the team a few times in points and he's a sharpshooter. He had five threes the other day. I think was that against GBS, but um, um, against one of the opponents, maybe it was Highland Park, but um, he's, he's good. And they're a shooting team. I think that's kind of developing as you're seeing it. Um, uh, fast drive and kick type of team, um, with a lot of shooters on the floor can really space you out. And, um, and they got a couple, couple tough guys down low. So, uh, I think, I think Nutria is going to be pretty good. You know, it's still early. They've only played five games, but, um, I think we might see a pretty good Nutria team this year. Definitely. And then let's wrap things up here in a roundabout talking about um, Loyola Academy boys basketball team who defeated De La Salle um, on Monday with the 40 to 30 win. And then on uh, senior night, they were uh, able to take care of business against Providence St. Mel um, with a 60 to 35 win. Um, I was there at the game and uh, we'll hear more from uh, Axable later, Axable in the next uh, quarter. But uh, a lot of this uh, night was really special for the guys. Um, just because obviously they never thought that um, they would have a senior night. I mean, talking to coach Tom Levitino after the game, he was like in January, they didn't even think wasn't even like on the radar that they would even have a senior night. And then um, to have uh, parents decorating the gym before the game and 
having players and uh, parents brought to mid court, everyone obviously socially distant, wearing masks. And uh, for the parents uh, to be able to watch the game was really special for the guys. Um, really cool to just uh, kind of watch uh, them kind of get recognized after having to deal with an off season where you obviously didn't know whether you would even have a season, let alone a, uh, um, a senior night. So um, it was a fun, uh, fun atmosphere to be in as uh, Loyola kind of got going after the first quarter really got went on a couple runs, just uh, controlled the game and um, did it in the most Loyola way possible. Just did it in their uh, tough defensive, uh, getting rebounds, drawing charges. Um, that's why I was kind of at the game just to talk to Jalen Axelball, who has uh, 13 uh, chain uh, charge or charge chains right now um, for the team really leading the way where. Loyola awards uh, players to take a charge with the charge chain. Um, and, and really uh, kind of Jalen was a good example of just what uh, it means to play Loyola basketball and uh, just how tough it is to play. I mean, you guys have watched Loyola play over the years and you guys know that um, Coach Tom Levitino has really built a strong uh, rapport and mantra over at Loyola when it, came, when it comes to uh, what type of basketball they want to play over there. Yeah, when we're talking about charges um you're talking about 13 charges in 11 games that's what you said right that's crazy yeah. that's 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 nuts um that's more than one a game so um that's that's pretty cool so so michael you were you were at the game we know what their defense can do i'm curious they put up 60 points against Providence st mel that's kind of a, a large number for them but what do they do on offense what's uh what's it looking like they just uh, this seems pretty uh, si- simple to say, but I mean, they just move the ball around really well. I mean, they have great vision throughout the half court offense. I mean, they just swing it around where um, they had um, a lot of open three pointer sh- uh, pointers, uh, a lot of good looks and a lot of just like when it comes to even Jalen Exabal, where he had two turnovers, he had three steals in the game and he got four points off of those two off, off of two turnovers there where he had a, he was fouled on one fast break chance and he made both free throws and um, then he made a layup on the other chance. But um, it really is a lot of defense turning into offense where you have fast breaks, but coach Tom Levitino even talked about how um, it's not just like we get steals and we go down. I mean, they are able to move the ball really well. They move it uh, around the perimeter really well and they're able to get those shots and um, they'll attack you from wherever they need to. They'll drive to the basket. They'll, they'll drive to the basket and then find an open guy um, behind the arc and then they'll just make an easy three. I mean, um, they've really embraced, uh, I know some teams like to play it old school and some teams like to, uh, you know, drive to the basket, draw a foul or like really, uh, really, uh, work in the paint where I think Loyola obviously will work in the paint, but they'll also really, uh, embrace three point shooting and have really embraced, uh, really, uh, working in the perimeter, which obviously we've seen a lot over in college and especially in the NBA, um, but a lot of, um, a lot of looks, a lot of defensive opportunities there, which is a good way for us to move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by Loyola senior Jalen Axabo. I talked to him on Wednesday night after a big senior night win. you'll hear from him and, uh, me talking about, um, just how important it was to get that senior night win and, um, how he really identifies as a defensive scrapper where, um, this is a player where a lot of players you see, they want to rack up the points and really get up there um, with the high point totals. He's not that kind of player. He will live to get the charge chain. He'll uh, really work hard to really lock in on their uh, best players. So you'll hear all of that as we hear from Jalen right now. 
able to get the win today, obviously, on senior day? Um, it's great. It was good. It was nice to play with the other seniors that don't really get time. Um, just taking advantage of every opportunity because we only have 20 games, 12 games, 11 games now. So, did, did you like ever envision that you would be able to actually have a senior oh, yeah, day? Yeah, with, yeah. You know, with everything going on. Yeah, I, I had no idea this would ever happen. Like, I didn't think we'd even have a season this year. And um, yeah, it's just great. One of the uh, reasons I want to talk is obviously I know you're the leader in the team with uh -huh. 12 uh, charges on the team and uh -huh. uh, charge chain and everything. Just what does that kind of mean, obviously, for you to obviously get have the most? But like, how does that kind of um, personify what you as a team want to do? Um, it's just nice to lead the other guys by example and just not like tell them what to do, but just show them on the court and. Um, yeah, just carry on what the other teams did in the past and just make them proud. How important is it for you? I mean, I know obviously you had three steals today and two of those led to easy fast break layups. Uh -huh. I mean, how important is it to kind of be, have a strong foundation on defense for you? Um, Like growing up, I, I was always the shortest kid on the court, so I had to adapt to having a chip on my shoulder. And um, yeah, just it's just part of my, a big part of my game. Has it always been like obviously yeah. scrappy kind of defense? Yeah. What um, how much how much did you kind of like that? Obviously, Coach Livettino, like you talked about, obviously you want to get in your face and that kind of stuff. How excited were you when you did come to the program and kind of realized, hey, I kind of have a, have a place on this team. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was nice. Like last year, my role was to come in and lock other guys up, and um, yeah, it's just it, it gives me a better feel of the game when you could play defense and lead to easy fast break layups all the time. Obviously, everyone loves to score, but yeah. do, you, do you feel like you identify more as a grinder and kind of more of a defensive guy yeah, de to a guy who likes to, you know, score? Yeah, definitely. Like, my main goal is to lock other guys up. And, like, even our program, like, we want to keep teams below 40 points every game. And, um, yeah, it's not all about scoring. Like, I could have a bad night, but if I lock the other guy down, it's just as good. Um, how much um, does it just kind of uh, matter for you to just kind of lead it for as an example? You know, obviously, like, like I said, 12 charge chains, all that kind of stuff. I mean, how much do you like being a leader as an, you know, for the whole team? Um, it just feels great just to lead those guys because they, they're going to carry it on next year. And I just want to show them how things are um, run. Yeah. How tough is the grind? I mean, I know obviously you guys are playing a lot of games in a lot of days. How yeah, happy are you to be playing? And how yeah, it's real nice. It's like an NBA schedule. Like, we have no days off. Like, a game, then practice, then two games in a row. Yeah, we don't get any breaks, but uh, better than nothing. Thanks, Jalen, and to all the coaches and players always join us. Always good to get your guys' insight here in the second quarter. So before we move on over to the third quarter, let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area. So make sure to check them out. Move better, live better. All right, in the third quarter, we are going to play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game where I give Joe and Marty propositions and they have to say Way, it's going to happen. No Way, it's not going to happen. Sometimes it gets contention. Sometimes I don't do a good job and uh, they just agree on everything. We'll see how this week goes. You do a great um, job. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll do uh, three this week. Uh, usually we do five, but this week we'll do three. Um, so let's start things off. Way or no way, Joe, that the Loyola girls basketball team wins out the rest of the regular season? Oh, wins out. That's a tough one, huh? Um, you know, I think we pepper in a loss there. Um, and I think it's uh, not very um, surprising going to be a loss just because – 
of all the games they've played. And it's an entire different type of uh, atmosphere and um, uh, not playing style, but playing platform where you're doing it every day and, you know, five games a week, six games a week. They had seven and eight days. Um, so it's, uh, it's going to be tough. I think we're going to get a loss, but I do think that they're, you know, I think they got a, a stranglehold on the conference. Um, and uh, I think they'll run away with one, but they, they might be a slip up here. I am going way. We're getting some disagreements <laughs> this week, guys. Um, Joe mentioned it. The schedule is going to be incredibly taxing. You're going to face hard teams. They've got a couple of ma tough matchups left with some, with some real good programs. But if there's a team that can do it, it's the Ramblers because of the depth that we've talked about the ability to get points from so many different players on a given night. I think that is usually a great sign of a strong team and their ability to um, stack together a win streak, a win streak and pile of wins because um, it, it gives you a great variety and you're not always looking to the same one or two players to have a good night. And if they have an off night, then you might be in trouble. But because of the depth throughout that roster and the ability for, for so many different players to score and, and sort of quote unquote carry a team on a given night, I'm going to say they're going to do it. They're, they're going to, they're going to run the table. All right. Uh, way or no way, Marty, that the new Trier girls basketball team wins the CSL South. I'm going to also go way here as well, Michael, because I think we've seen um, quite a bit from them so far. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, two tough losses um, to some really strong programs early on. But if you look at, if you look at so far how they've matched up in conference, they've played really well in conference so far. Victories over uh, <clears throat> victories over GBN, uh, GBS, uh, and obviously the the big one left on the table is Evanston. That'll be their main competition for that conference crown. So. We'll have to see how they how they match up with Evanston, but if they're able to um, to beat Evanston once or twice in those matchups, that'll put them in a great position to uh, to win the conference. So I'm going to go with Way on that one as well. I'm going to go no way. We're going to get two different answers here. Uh, I'm being very pessimistic today, even though I, I like both these teams a lot and I like what they're bringing to the table. I think Evanston's um, a pretty good team and takes care of the business once and um, Loyal's or Nutri's got a tough schedule. So um, I don't know if uh, I really don't know how they're going to look at, at, at uh, records at the end of the season to determine these champions. But um, I think um Nutria is going to fall just behind. I think they're going to settle in nicely there in second place in the conference. But um, I mean, I think it's a nice season for them. I think um, they're they're showing that that they're one of the best in the conference. I think that just uh, Evanston will take it. All right, final way or no way here. Um, obviously, with the winter sports, we're happy to have them back. But unfortunately, there won't be an IHSC series, and there won't be any postseason. But um, when the IHSA announced their return to play, they said that there could still be a chance that um, in the spring we could see sectionals and uh, um, regionals and maybe even state series. We'll see how, obviously, it all depends on the metrics and that kind of stuff. So, um, Joe, way or no way that we end up seeing postseason play when it comes to our spring sports this school year? I'm going to say when you mean spring, we're talking about the bat, baseball and, and softballs, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So the, I think they're calling them summer, but um, yes, way. I think we're going to do it. I think that a decision last week from the board, um, the IHSA board that gave badminton a, a state series, well, a partial one um, 
you know, after saying no, that nobody in the winter or the, or the early spring um, gets a state tournament, they kind of changed their minds there. So showing that leeway and with the regression of COVID-19 and the progression of the, um, the vaccination and hopefully even further, numbers keep going down. I don't see why not, especially for outdoor sports. Um, which are all of them except uh, I guess we're going to do volleyball, both volleyballs. But um, I say, wait, I say we're going to have at least some state series. They're going to make it happen. There's going to be a big push from, uh, you know, all the stakeholders involved here. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with Joe on this one and say way um, very similar thought process to him. I think we're in line for, for some, but not all Joe mentioned volleyballs, obviously uh, both boys, and girls volleyball hoping to get in this spring season. Now, I think those could potentially be at, at jeopardy for postseason play because of the indoor nature of things and, and how we've seen how that's a, a little bit more higher on the risk scale. And then you also think about maybe a sport like uh, lacrosse and soccer. I know those are two of the sports that have um, because of the, the contact nature of them have sort of been classified by the, uh, by IDPH is a little bit higher on the risk scale as well. So maybe those two uh, are in terms of a little, are in a little bit of jeopardy in terms of postseason play, but with the baseballs, the softballs, I, I, I mean, I think we're good to go on those. We, we saw a lot of uh, uh, summer leagues play, play last year and, and play effective, effectively and safely. So I think we can make it happen for, for a, a strong majority of, uh, of the upcoming quote unquote spring sports. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully the numbers keep on improving. Hopefully we can keep these numbers uh, as low right now and not let them get back up and get vaccinated more people. And we can hopefully uh, get to uh, normal uh, sooner rather than later. But that was good stuff. Let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we talk about football. We have football schedules out and that means we are going to break down every single game and tell you everything that's going to happen. Um, maybe not exactly, but we are excited to have uh, football schedules out there. Both New Trier and Loyola start the season on March 19th. New Trier hosts GBS while Loyola travels to St. Rita. Loyola's schedule then goes March 27th. They host Mount Carmel for a Saturday afternoon game. Then they travel to Brother Rice for a game at 4 p.m., which is a Thursday game, which is really interesting. Um, obviously, I think that weekend is Easter weekend, so they try to get it in before the holiday weekend. Um on April 10th, they host Bennett at 1.30 at Loyola, and then they end the season um, at Marist on April 23rd um, at 6 p.m. While New Trier hosts GBS on uh, March 19th, um, they are at Niles West on March 26th. They host Evanston on April 3rd. They're at GBN at April 9th. They're at, a May, at Maine South on April 9th, at April 16th, and they have a TBD for the 23rd. Um, so guys, what's your initial thoughts when you saw both schedules, obviously a Thursday night game should be interesting. Um, but, uh, what are some things that kind of popped out, popped to your minds once you guys saw the official schedule for the year? I see a lot of W's on these schedules. Uh, I'll <laughs> that. uh maybe that's just my excitement talking, but, uh, I'm pretty high on both these teams this year. Um, so, um, especially with all conference games from Nutria, I think we're going to have a pretty exciting season. Um, for them and Loyola, we know who they are uh, historically, and you know all indications with the talent they got on that roster. We're going to see some action. Um, things that stick out in games I'd love to see. We got the Maine South ending the Nutrier 
quote unquote regular season. I don't know if they're looking for an opponent at the end or they're kind of planning maybe a, a bowl game type situation. Um, sounds pretty cool. Um, you know, that one sticks out opening with GBS is fun. That's a rivalry, very local. A lot of the kids know each other always fun too. Um, and then Loyola Thursday night before against brother rice should be fun. They host Mount Carmel and they finish up with Marist always a quality team. So some games there, but, uh, just excited looking at it. You know, you, your mind gets working, you know, all these teams and um, you start picturing it. It's fun. Yeah. Schedule release day. Always, uh, always a very exciting day. A little bit, uh, a little bit different this year, given all the circumstances, but still equally exciting. Just one thing I want to circle back on quickly. I think maybe we uh, perhaps had a bit of a, a typo in the sense that I'm guessing Loyola's week five game is probably slated for that 16th or the April 16th or 17th, one of those two days. And then they have probably similar to Nutria, the 23rd weekend open because we ran through yeah. five, we ran through five Loyola games, five Nutria games. And I, and this, this is the schedule we got directly from their site. So I'm guessing it was just a, maybe a little mix up of dates slash type on their end, but I'm guessing their, their week five is probably then against merits and they've got that sixth week um, open. Um, for potentially this this bowl game scenario or or whatever it may be, but in the in the sense of nutrient, very similar to what we've discussed in previous previous weeks, we get the uh, the five CSL South games and then the open week um, where the possibilities are running wild through our mind for that for that last sixth game. So we'll see what comes of that. Potentially the matchup with Loyola, like we've talked about, but maybe it'll be something um, of a bit of a CSL crossover. Will they well they'll face one of the teams from the CSL North? Um, in that week. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, but, but very exciting. I, I, Joe alluded to it. I think Nutria could go into that game against Maiden South on the 16th, 4-0. Um, the schedule certainly lines up for it, but obviously um, GBS has, has improved in, in the previous years, and there'll be a tough matchup in week one. And then you get Evanston and GBN back-to-back. Could be some tough matchups there. So we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how those play out, but I think there is a scenario in which they go into that matchup uh, against Maine South 4-0 and uh, obviously it's a crazy year so you never know what could happen and you, you got to give them a, a chance against the Hawks there in the last week on the Loyola side of things yeah jam-packed schedule really really great competition on there week two against Mount Carmel I mean what more could you ask for that's uh, that's obviously a very uh, a very tall test even with them coming uh, coming to Wilmette for the home game uh, and then Brother Rice on, on a short week you know that'll be a tough test always a very physical team and then you get Maris. There's some history there, obviously, between those two teams. So that'll be a uh, nothing short of a great game we can expect there. Do you guys feel like I, you kind of hinted at this earlier, Marty, about um, do you feel like that 23rd slot could have potential? What would you guys kind of prefer to see? Would you see want to see a new cheer Loyola game? Or do you feel like um, I'm sure they want to kind of figure out how to announce a conference champion somehow? So do you feel like you'll maybe see like a conference uh, crossover for that 23rd day where you have Nutria either playing for obviously a championship or, you know, obviously the second or third place team there and that kind of stuff. I mean, what would you, I know we always dream and talk about wanting a Nutria Loyola matchup, but what would you rather see um, in that open date on the 23rd there? Yeah, obviously anytime the, uh, the Ramblers and the Trevians match up in, in any sport, it's always entertaining, always great storyline, um, always something we love to cover, but as I started thinking about it more and more, I think the possibility of what I mentioned with some kind of conference crossover is um, just becoming a bit more likely. 
Um, there, there's a couple of reasons for that, but I think just as Michael mentioned, logistically, it makes a lot of sense and it gives the chance to set um, some sort of resemblance of conference standing. So I think maybe it could look some, and obviously this is just speculation, but um, what we're thinking at this point. So I think it could maybe look something along the line where the number one seed in the South faces the number one seed in the North two versus two, three versus three and so on. So that could really be an interesting scenario. And, um, you know, depending on, on where Nutria finishes, we could see some, some really unique matchups that we don't get to see every year, which is um, always something we're hopeful for when it comes to um, football schedulings, because we do see a, a lot of the same teams matching up year after year, but if they were to move forward with something like this, it would create, you know, maybe the chance for a, a Nutria versus a Main West, a Nutria versus a, versus a Deerfield uh, or versus a Highland Park, um, a type of matchup we don't, we don't get to see every year, which would be really cool. Um, going back to the Loyola scheduling thing, I, I do believe that schedule is right. I heard that they had somebody drop in that spot in that week. Oh, okay. So they, they had some plan to drop late, but they released the schedule, but that is unconfirmed. I just heard that, um, on the old social media promo panel. <laughs> so, um, hopefully they, they know what they're talking about, but, um, I heard it was a, a, a team that just, uh, kind of dropped scheduling conflicts or something, um, something else. But, um, I think they're looking for an opponent for that date actually, but uh, uh, refer to the athletic department, please, and not uh, not me um, speculating. Um, but you know, Marty, you're probably right. I think that makes all the sense in the world diagnosing it that way. That um, we do a conference crossover, kind of call it a CSL bowl game. Um, it's fun. Um, it'll get people excited. I'm just wondering if we do kind of a. It would be really cool to just do a completely random bowl game where you take every team. Let's let's say Nutrier's five and zero. You take every five and zero team. You put them in a hat and you just start drawing two teams and those two teams play would be an absolute riot. It's a, it's a long shot. You're going to get a lot of conflicts and uh, region problems. Well, I mean, maybe not at this point, but um, that would be, I, I, I just have a feeling like it's been such a challenging and bummer of a year overall. And for a lot of these kids and the parents, you know, of course. Uh, so what if we did something completely off the wall, wacky and fun, um, and of course safe and uh, that we could control still and, and, and kind of did something that we could really look forward to. Not that we can't look forward to a CSL bowl game. That's makes sense. And it'd be fun too, but um, I, I like to see something creative. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a really great idea, John. The more that you, uh, you say that the more uh, possibilities pop into your head about some, <laughs> some fun matchups we could get. And, you know, maybe something like that is possible. A lot of, uh, a lot of these programs have a history together of matching up in previous seasons. So obviously the athletic departments are familiar and know uh, how scheduling works and what all that goes into. We usually get uh, one or two CSL versus MSL games every year in the non-conference schedule. So maybe we get some kind of CSL MSL crossover. Maybe we get a little uh, Nutrier Barrington action week six, sign me up for that. That'd be pretty awesome. Maybe, uh, maybe something like that. Who knows? We're having a lot of fun. This is what, you know, having high school sports is about um, thinking about the possibilities and, and getting these kids a chance to play. So hopefully whatever comes a week six, it's going to be something that's uh, that's fun and enjoyable for all parties involved. All right. I'm going to put you guys on the spot here now as I uh, ask you guys a few questions to end the podcast. First, I want both of you guys to give me a new tree or final record prediction here. Yeah, it obviously ends up with who – it obviously depends on who that week six uh, matchup is against. 
I'm going to reserve my prediction until we know who week six is again. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go the first five weeks. I'm going to go four and one right now. I think it, I think that's a four and one schedule. How about you, Joe? I'm going five and zero oh for the Trevs. Uh, oh, wow. I'm going an undefeated Trevs regular season, and I'm with Marty. I think, I mean, I think it's a six and zero oh possibility if they do a crossover, which is the most likely. If they do a random game, they end up playing like five and zero oh, Naperville Central. That'd be so great. But um, five and zero oh Lincoln Way, baby. Oh my God, <laughs> Nutria Lincoln Way, the public school clash. Um, Lincoln Way West, my home school, but. Uh, Anyway, um, I, I, I think they got the goods this year. I think they got a lot of talent. Some of it's young, but also some of it's old. So they got a mix, both sides of the ball, um, some, some flash to their game this year. I think, uh, you know, I could be overselling it because, but their line's huge too for those flashy players to get some room to, to make, to, to get upfield. I, I think they could do some damage this year. I really do. Um, and I, I think Maine South, you guys know how I feel in Maine South. I've talked about this a lot. I think they've been overrated recently, and they totally proved me wrong <laughs> with their run to the state the Park championship Ridge, a couple years Park ago. Ridge crew is going to come after you, Joe, with those type oh, of yeah, statements. That's that straight fire on the podcast right there. You know, uh, Marty, uh, <laughs> Marty grew up a little bit closer to Maine South, so he's just got a lot of respect for the Hawks over there in Park Ridge. So you can <laughs> – you can, if there's one thing, you know, you can never count out the Hawks. You can never yeah. count out the Hawks. All right. Both of you give me a, uh, both of you uh, give me a Loyola prediction. Yeah. I'm going to keep it reserved here with the five game plan as well. Cause obviously we don't know who that, uh, that sixth game is going to be against, but I'm going to go five and zero oh for the Ramblers. Uh, we've, wow. we've talked about it previously a couple of times on this podcast about how much talent they're going to bring this year. Uh, tons of college level talent on that roster and um, the previous season they they battled a little bit with inexperience and some younger guys and now they've had a year plus to grow so I I honestly think the sky is the limit for that team I mean I'm with you we, we, we were saying this back uh, you know when we talked about football in the fall Loyola's got that team and just the names and where they're going to school uh, it's it's long and it's um, impressive. So um, you put all that talent on the field with a coach like John Halsack. Um, and I don't know how they, how they aren't undefeated, at least through those five games. Um, of course, you know, we could be completely, it's not like we've scouted a lot of these teams. Um, we know what a lot <laughs> of them bring to the table year after year, but you know, if, if Marist has um, an up and coming, you know, running back, I don't know anything about, and he runs for 3000 yards. Uh, I could be wrong, but um, I think Loyal is going to, going to be pretty dominant in these, you know, and one thing I just thought about um, for, you know, any, any team that's playing this year, there's no state series. You're not playing for your seed. You're not playing for, to be ready for the postseason. I wonder if, you know, th they just make sure that they get the right kids on the field and the right kids, some tape um, as well. Um, and don't obviously they want to win these kids want to win um, the boosters want to win but um, <laughs> you know if they lose a, a close game to Mount Carmel by one one point um, I, it's not the end of the world this year they're not going to miss the playoffs so I wonder if maybe they, they not goof around's not the right word but play with some things a little more than they normally would um, just to get some kids in the spotlight I don't know uh, that's something I just I just thought about but I still think yeah, Royal's got too uh, much talent that's a great point, Joe. I didn't even think about that. And 
certainly something to consider, obviously, with the Ramblers roster being so much college-level talent. I'm sure they're um, going to want to take that into consideration. I, I, I more so look at the potential for a slip-up um, maybe in that week two to three range. The, the four-day turnaround against Brother Rice is what's really getting me, especially after a week two showdown with the caravan. Um, you know, it, it's interesting that I really like that matchup in the sense that they're coming to Wilmette. Um, I think two seasons ago, we saw the Ramblers um, go on the road to face them. And it was a late field goal, I believe, or a late score of some nature that, that beat the Ramblers. Um, so with them coming to Wilmette, I like Loyola in that game. But then the, the quick turnaround for the Thursday game against Brother Rice. And we'll have to see when, when Brother Rice is playing that week. I would assume it, it's either Friday um, or Saturday the week before. But um, they'll probably be facing this, the same challenges of a quick turnaround. But that, but that two-game stretch right there is uh, where I see maybe the, maybe, maybe the chance for a slip-up. And final question, putting you guys on the spot. How many rain outs do we have this spring? Oh, weather, weather outs. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously the spring is filled with rain, as we well know from covering past springs. So uh, how many rain outs do we have here, and how many times are we spending two uh, days covering a football game? Are we, a we're talking question. only football? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you, you can just, no matter what year it is, no matter what the circumstances are, you can always pencil in at least one. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going with at least one, no matter what. And just for, as I said last week, good vibes, keeping it, keeping the good vibes going this, this year, only one, only one. I'm going for, it's going to happen on the night that I really have to be home at 10 o'clock. <laughs> whatever game that is, that's when it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, we're dealing with the two, uh, I believe I, I put this in, in one of the football stories. I think the two wettest month by most rainy, most days that rain in the calendar year in uh, March and April. So um, yeah, we're going to see it and we're going to see a snow. I don't know if we're going to see it during the week before a game or during the weekend after, but there's going to be have to have snow cleared off the field at some point for a game. No, it's doubt. just going to happen. That's Chicago. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. But we're definitely happy to have football back. Obviously happy to be talking about it. I don't know. I'm sure we went long on that, but have, obviously happy to uh, have the schedules out there and uh, bring you guys some in early insight into a football season that um, is less than a month away. So we'll be uh, excited to talk about that, but I think that's everything that we have for this week's episode of the podcast. Just a quick reminder, again, that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Android, whatever have you. Make sure you subscribe to us. Listen to old episodes of the podcast as well. Um, and uh, make sure to spread the, new, the word. We always appreciate it. So for Joe, Marty, and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you guys down the road. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.